You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. It's Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow him at Steve Geller WWL. Do it. Do it. We're going to talk about the Saints and what they have left <laughs> to do. Like we, we went over the moves they made. Now we're going to talk about the moves we can see them making. And, and just to recap, they did re-sign Blake Gillikin. He's the most recent. He's going to change to number five. Derek Carr is going to wear number four. Um, that's a that's a, that was an important signing. I would have been a little disappointed if they ended up just saying, "Yeah, let's go find another punter." We actually saw him at the facility today um, when we were talking to Juwan. They were doing that pro day for uh, Louisiana schools like McNeese and Southern and Southeastern and, and all that. So good to see him back. But yeah, what Steve? What what would you say if you had to look at kind of? the most important position the Saints still need to address. What would you, what would you, what would you look at? I still want to look at more for defensive tackle just because it was a big need, uh, obviously going into this. And I know they got two pieces already. Uh, definitely think they'll address it in the draft. But I, like I said, I'd still look around on the free agent market to see uh, if there's any possible depth positions you could put on for rotation and then I'm curious about safety, you know, just because we've we know we've got Taran Matthew, Marcus May, but you know, the the depth concern there is a question. And I know a guy like PJ Williams has not been re-signed yet. And you would that's someone you you know you could rely on uh in those situations. So yeah, I think uh safety, even corner, uh, I'm looking in the secondary. Uh, running back, I think you're good now in the free agency market. Maybe you still address it kind of in the draft, but I, I don't really know if they they target another back in this free agent market right now. Although, obviously, there's there's some names out there that are interesting if you want to you know kick the tires on, but I think that the Saints pretty much know what they have in Jamal Williams too. And you know it's really great. Obviously, we saw him in an increased role last year. If Kamara's forced to miss that time, you you could lean on him a little more instead of just in that timeshare kind of deal. Yeah, I'm interested to kind of talk to him about his role as a pass catching back when we when we talk to him tomorrow because yeah. he only caught 12 passes last season, 16 targets, and that's it's crazy low number when you just consider like how much he was actually on the field. And I, I'm curious whether that was kind of a design thing, whether he was just you know a red zone guy. I had obviously didn't watch a ton of Lions games because why would I? 
you know, I, I watched a few, you know, I watched that Packers game. I was able to watch the Lions Giants game and he dominated in both those games on the ground, you know, and, and I, cause I remember him being a more pass catching guy when he was in green Bay. So, and I think that's something he's going to have to, I don't think the saints would have signed him if they didn't feel comfortable with his ability to catch the football. Um, yeah, maybe it was more no, the issue so, of golf getting the ball. Well, right. I think it's it's something to do with the offense and, and how it kind of operated. But that's going to be something that you're going to have to look at. Yeah, you mentioned defensive tackle. And one thing I think is worth mentioning, and I think we might have hit on this at the top, is the comp pick formula. And I could see the Saints kind of being aware of that and not necessarily dipping their toes back into the free agent pool extensively until that kind of deadline is up. Just like they did last year with Tyron Matthew. One of the reasons you waited so long to make that signing was because at the time you did it, you were able to sign him and not have it count against you in the comp pick formula. And that's why they have a seventh round comp pick this year as opposed to no comp pick this year. You had six players depart in free agency and you can pretty much just kind of like cross out three of those based on the signings you made and Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, and Jamal Williams. Any more, and you will be crossing out some of the bigger deals that that went out. Um, and so you will be hurting yourself in terms of maybe getting a comp pick. So I, as I say that, you know, it's like you look at the defensive tackle market. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, we want to bring Calais Campbell you know, I think Sheldon Rankins was a popular name. He signed with the Texans. But I right. think that if you're signing anyone before the draft, you are looking at somebody like Kentavia Street, Malcolm Roach, Albert Huggins. All three of those guys were on the roster last year and will not be free agents, technically. Like, it won't be a comp pick situation. So you could re-sign those guys and it would not impact you. Now, the factor there is, okay, what does Todd Grantham think of those guys? Because we know what Ryan Nielsen thought of those guys and like a Kentavia Street who he coached at NC State. But you have a new defensive line coach now, and so I think that's going to be a factor. And I think that Malcolm Roach for sure comes back unless he gets a, a bigger deal elsewhere than the Saints are willing to commit to. But I would be surprised if he doesn't come back. I would still be surprised if Kentavious doesn't end up on the Falcons. And I don't know about Albert Huggins, but I don't think he's going to have a huge market. So I think, to me, that's where I think you add at least one more defensive tackle, and then you kind of look to the draft. As far as the safeties are concerned, like we talked about at the top, it's great that Marcus May is not going to face any charges from that incident in terms of the legal aspect of it. But what it does open up now is that now that that case is kind of closed in terms of, in a, from a legal sense, there is a good chance that he faces some form of discipline from the league. I don't know what it might be, but it's not, you know, it's, it, he, it would not be his first offense, if that, that makes sense. I think he had an issue previously. And so you do start to wonder if that is something that might come back to haunt him. And if that's the case, you will need some depth behind him. And I think that's, that's a bigger question in terms of, do you go sign a free agent? And I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the the question too is there. There's someone, you know, uh, it's quick to forget about. But when you say his name, you're like, oh yeah, of course. I was just looking at you know depth chart stuff. A guy like Smoke Monday. We'll see how he does coming back from injury. But obviously, far from being any kind of proven product, we haven't seen anything from him. Right. Like he's a guy who you're cautiously optimistic might might <laughs> yeah. be 
able to have a role, but you can't go into a season saying, yeah, we're going to trust him to start multiple games if he has to. Right. So you, you also would look at a guy like PJ Williams, who, you know, it feels inevitable. He signs another one year deal because he always signs another one year deal. Daniel Sorensen is still out there. I think I, I wouldn't, be surprised if they brought him back. You know, I think he played pretty well in, in in the circumstances you needed him. He had two interceptions. Justin Evans is a guy you could bring back, although I'm not sure he's a guy you bring back with the intention to start. I think he's going to be a depth guy. And I also don't think you want him to be your deep safety. And then, you know, I think that's about it, right? And you did sign Ugo Amadi, but he is a cornerback. I don't think you're going to convert him to safety. And uh, yeah, so I, I think you're going to have to do something there. And I don't know if the draft is where you're going to do it. So I think that's going to be a position to watch. But these are, I would agree that those that, that with the signing of Jamal Williams, defensive tackle and safety are the two positions that you do need to make a move at one way or the other. What's curious too is like, what, a, what about wide receiver? Um, you know, we haven't really heard anything from uh, Marquez Callaway. I uh, would be curious, is he going to end up coming back? And if it's someone that ends up somewhere else, that's really obviously not a huge loss for this team either. I, I think they could, you know, look to upgrade there. I think Callaway is a great personality. I just haven't seen enough production from him in situations. Right, right too many where he maybe missed out on a ball than made a play in a key situation kind of deal. Yeah, if you had asked me this time last year whether Marquez Calloway would have been re-signed, I would have said 100%. But he just did not have the impact last year that you would have hoped, especially in the instances where you needed him. You know, and I think his hands let him down a couple times. You know, you could you could say he was directly responsible for at least one pick six. You could make a uh, an argument that he was responsible for both pick sixes in the sense that he dropped a catchable ball right before the second one. But he's a guy you could bring back. So if you're looking at depth, a guy who knows the offense, he's going to be out there. I would be surprised if he has a market, you know, in terms of other teams yeah. really kind of knocking the door down for him. So I think he's going to be a guy you can bring back. Jarvis Landry is also still a free agent. You could go get him as well. But like you're looking at Michael Thomas and saying, we need Michael Thomas insurance. Well, Jarvis Landry is a guy who each of the last two years has missed significant time with injuries. So I don't think the smart move is to back up a guy who you think is injury prone, with a guy who is also injury prone. So I think that's an unlikely thing. Um, that's a problem same, to me too. Same story would be with Odell Beckham. Like he's also exactly a guy who's where we're going. Right. I was thinking, cause you know, fans are clamoring for that as well. Obviously another former LSU tiger. They'd leave, love to see coming back to new Orleans kind of deal. But yeah, the, the injury issues uh, are the biggest factor there. And I think obviously the one-handed catch, it just looms and stays in everyone's head is what you always think about Odell Beckham. But he he's just not that dude anymore. Although he was, he really was having a great Super Bowl until he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think he could be that dude. Like, I don't know if, if, if like, I think he's still going to be an effective wide receiver. I just don't, I, I don't know what his market's going to be. I don't know how much he's going to demand. And like the Saints aren't giving giving away much above the minimum at this point in terms of a a wide receiver. I also don't know how he'd fit in this offense. Like I don't know what his role would be. Yeah, I mean we know what we have. The Saints know what they have in a guy already with Thomas. Hopefully, who can stay 
or even at least start the season with this team, uh, what Olave brings. I'm going to uh, figure that Rashid Shahid's going to have more of a, a presence too, hopefully in this offense. And we, yeah, no, where, where are you going to stick a guy like OBJ? But obviously, if he was interested in a New Orleans coming back home kind of thing, I, I would find it hard not to try and fit him in just because of that talent, the potential talent he does bring to an offense that's lacking, you know, that was lacking in so many areas and you just add another weapon to it. I mean, the, the Saints offense is looking pretty potent already and would just uh, be even more impressive. But I still think they do need to address the wide res- receiver position some, especially losing a guy to like a Deontay Hardy. I mean, he wasn't a huge Ooh. factor in, in the offense, more of a special teams dude, but he was being worked in and it'll be inter- I, I think he's going to have to find that role more in on offense uh, where he's headed instead of just being that special teams guy. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So uh, I just looked up. Here's here's a list of the top 10 free agents available. Number one is Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, who it's surprising to me. And number two, can you guess who it is? Hmm. OBJ. No. Close. No. Also, also an initials guy. Who am I missing on? CJGJ. Oh, I thought we were just talking wide receivers or like pass catchers. No, Dalton Schultz was number one. <laughs> Did that not give it away? I'm surprised Schultz is even over Gardner Johnson even then. I mean, he was he was good. I mean, there's not that many tight ends, but yeah, so, CJ Gardner Johnson is the number two player on this list. You know, for a guy who is very confident that he deserved a big contract, no one's given him that contract. Well, um, what's amazing, they, yeah. I, we heard last uh, the other night that came out on Twitter, oh, CJ Gardner Johnson's got a visit set up with Denver. And it was like, all right, it figures. But after that visit, the next morning, He's tweeting about disrespect and they don't, you know, it's like, so I guess he didn't seeing Sean wasn't that great of a reunion. They didn't must have not mentioned the right numbers to him because the last I feel like we talked to him, Jeff, was he him gladly telling us how much that he was the top slot corner in the NFL. And then he had a hell of a season with six interceptions, though. See, but that's the thing is he's not asking to be paid like a slot corner. He's asking to right. be paid like an elite safety. Top. And right. you saw Jesse Bates getting $60 million from the Falcons, and he thinks, <laughs> why am I not getting $60 million? I led the league in interceptions last year. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's like, <laughs> give me a full season, I'll have 12. No cap. Yeah, and he did miss He did miss several games. Like, he, he missed a good p- portion of the season – and he did still led the league in interceptions. So he has an argument. But I will say, like, tips and overthrows are not getting you $60 million. And and so, like, interceptions can be a tough metric, right? Like, 
Daniel Sorensen had two interceptions. It's not because he, you know, he ball hawked a bunch of passes. It's because the ball fell into his hands twice. And thank the Lord that, yes, he was able to hold on to him because, man, it seemed this year, this past season, the Saints couldn't catch any breaks except for maybe um, Sorensen, who, yeah, like you said, right place, right time kind of dude. Yeah, so there's one player on this list that I, I think could be interesting if you get down the road and no one brings him in. DJ Chark. Remember that guy? I did see the Panthers were actually looking to bring him in for a visit. I don't know why he why he can't hold on to a job. Um, but I've always been I've always liked DJ Chark. But okay, I think that's it for me. Did you have anything else you wanted to hit before we go? And I I I, you know, like drink and and remember the bracket that I thought was so good until the game started. Pour one out for your bracket. All right. No, I just, um, I thought it was, I'm glad you brought up CJ Gardner Johnson. I obviously, I don't think there will be that reunion in new Orleans, but it would be kind of funny after all the, that the crap that was given to the saints for trading him. We even did it as well for the lack of compensation. You got back in return. If you managed to somehow, some way find a d- way to, you know, the money to bring him back, but yeah, for what the what he's looking for, there ain't no him way. back. Come on, there's no way it's going to happen. Plus, even I was surprised to see when he was in Philly, kind of diss the Saints locker room, which I didn't appreciate. I was surprised by that. They're not bringing him back. I mean, like, there's no way they're not bringing him back. You uh, know, fans would love it though because of his personality and all. He just brings that spark, and I know folks felt that was missing, and it really was that kind of edge, that attitude from the team this year. But I, I, I don't think financially, it's just. It's not going to happen, honestly. There's nothing to do with financials. There's nothing to do with financials. See, not I think it's all back. financials, and that's why they got rid of them. No, not, no, 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 no. They weren't going to pay him. Right. They did not get rid of him because they weren't going to pay him. That's not why. They got rid of him when they did. Like, they would have much rather had him play out his contract. Like, they would have allowed him to do that, and they would have been happy about it. He made the situation untenable. Because he was not going to just calmly sit there and not get paid. He it's was suddenly about, missing like, from they, training camp. Well, right, right. Like he was a hold in at training camp. Like yes. he, like it, it's. It was not like oh, we can't afford him this season. It was we're not going to pay him next season, and he's going to make us have to do something this season. And so that's why you traded him. And then since that point, it's now not about the money at all. It's about the fact that he's been sitting there just talking shit. <laughs> like like relentlessly what's amazing he went to philly and didn't squawk there about a contract after getting dealt there he just went out and played right right if he had done that in new orleans it would have been a fan favorite and they would have been like well thanks you can go get your deal now and you would have all <laughs> moved on like what he did in philadelphia is what he refused to do here which is play on the final year of his contract right which i thought was so damn odd well, I mean, I understand why he didn't want to play out like like you don't want to play that final year on a contract that only has paid you four million dollars over four seasons in the NFL and you deserve a lot more and you've outplayed that contract. I get that, but like you went to Philadelphia and you didn't and you didn't feel that way. So it, it's I don't know. Uh, we'll see. And I think what's happening now is I, I imagine is Philadelphia has offered him a deal. He doesn't think it's good enough. So he's he's testing his market and seeing what he can get. It's kind of like Lamar Jackson, right? Like, obviously, they're very different players <laughs> in terms of Lamar Jackson as a league MVP. And, but, like, you know, Lamar's asking for $240 million completely guaranteed, and the, the Ravens are like, no, why would we do that? 
and no one's going to give him that. And he's going to find that out and he's going to go back and the Ravens are going to be like, well, how does that deal look now? And he's probably going to accept it. Um, and I think that's probably where you're at with the Ravens to, or with the with CJ and the Eagles. And he's going out to Denver and saying, hey, Sean, are you going to pay me $20 million a season? And he's like, LOL, no. And uh, and then he's like, wow, so disrespectful. So what's and, wild to me is, you know, we, we've seen, you know, Atlanta overspending a little here because they've got the money. They could do the ultimate troll job on the Saints here and bring in a Gardner Johnson and all of a sudden have him in the mix on that defense over there. Obviously, questioning now if, if there isn't even interest, does that say something a little that Ryan Nielsen has no real desire to bring in a guy like that? It's a good point. I don't know. Um, it's but, just weird I mean, to me too. It's going to be tough if you know if he's asking if the issue is he's asking for an exorbitant amount of money and you've just paid Jesse Bates an exorbitant amount of money. I feel like that's a tough sell to sign two safeties to above market deals in the same offseason. So yeah, I was just gonna say maybe Panthers, but they got Von Bell. Yeah. I I also feel like every team in the division is probably like, I know that guy, I don't like that guy. <laughs> you know? Like I feel like he it, like the teams he's played regularly, the players on those teams are probably like, I don't want that guy, that guy's mean to me. I don't want yeah, him. Yeah, maybe it's like, oh, that that antagonistic personality is cool to have on game day. But do we want his ass around here all the time, like making all these wise remarks and getting on everybody's shit? I, I don't know. I, oh, yeah. To me, to me, Gardner Johnson obviously seems like that perfect fit again with Sean Payton. Even though Sean Payton is not a defensive coordinator, those guys just seem like they'd be there's the, there's that peanut butter and jelly match there for them. They just would get along great, and I think Payton could keep kind of CJ in line if you want to call it that. I think the only way you keep CJ in line is you win games. <laughs> and like that's what the Eagles had going for them last year is it makes it's a lot more it's a lot more uh attractive to play out your final year of a deal on a team that's what what they go 15 and uh, 14 and 2 13 and 3 I, I don't remember but like on a team that you know hasn't lost in 10 games and is uh you know going to the Super Bowl but like he also did suffer like a significant injury right the the, the reason yeah, you don't want to play out that last year is you're worried that you're going to get the type of injury he got and suddenly it changes your your career. Now, obviously, he recovered from it. He played really well in the Super Bowl. Uh, Marshawn had the same similar injury. But like that's like you understand why players don't want to do that because it's a violent game. Stuff like that happens. Um, but yeah, we, we've talked way more about this than I anticipated. It, we, it got going. I guess CJ inspires that. Yes, CJ. CJ... GJ. All right. Let's wrap this podcast up. A good time as always. It has been a long week of free agency. (laughs) I think things will slow down for the Saints now. As we mentioned earlier, we will be talking to all three of the signees. That's Jamal Williams, Colin Saunders, and Nathan Shepard tomorrow. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'll definitely appreciate the Saints, obviously, hooking us up, especially when we got a huge Friday show. Why couldn't we get this when we had one of those four to eight shows going on? We got yeah, a if you want to hear tomorrow. those, if you want to hear those interviews, a good way to do it will be listening to Sports Talk from what, what, four to five thirty? Four to five thirty. Yeah, then we go to pregame coverage, LSU baseball at Texas AM. But you know what? There could be a rain delay, so maybe we might milk some stuff. Who knows? Yeah. Hear us for 90 minutes. 
which is really like 50 minutes after commercials. But we will have all three of those interviews and we're going to play them. Uh, so if you want to hear those, check it out. I'll also try to post them on YouTube when possible. I don't know if it's going to be kind of a tight turnaround. So I'm going to try to get those up. Uh, but they'll be on YouTube eventually. So you can check them out there and, and I'll hopefully get them up on the site as well. So keep an eye out for that. This has been Inside Black and Gold. Thanks for everyone who listened. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Wherever you get your podcast, hit the subscribe button and we will be forever in your debt. All right. Good thing. All right. Peace.